Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Oh, you want to hear about Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores? Please. They are uh, kind enough to be bringing you this Garage Logic podcast. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Store. They're all over the Twin Cities. I shop at the one at Grand and Dale. And as I said, Fratelloni's is bringing you this uh, Garage Logic podcast number 24, October 15, 2018. The record high on this date in downtown Garage Logic was 85 degrees in 1968. And I've been asked by listeners uh, to also provide the record low as we head into the winter months. The record low for this date was 18 degrees in 1972. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king. Fireworks Commissioner and Keeper of Common Sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. You know, I get those records from the gift that Dave Dahl gave me. Oh, you do? So you're he actually... printed out all the records for yeah, me. Yeah, okay. So you're actually working, using that. It snowed yesterday. I don't know if it was supposed to or not. Yeah, what's the weather supposed to do? Very chilly. Uh, parts of Colorado, more than 10 inches of snow. I don't know if that's... What's, what's the temperature supposed to be? The six-year-old was excited. He wanted to go sledding. Yeah. 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 You tell me you got a little wet. Hold out there, cowboy. <laughs> Listen you, up, buckaroo. A chief offsite correspondent, Kelsey, notified me of something. Hmm. I'm sure to miss it. The five brightest planets are uh, to align in the sky Thursday night, I believe. Mercury, Venus, Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars. <laughs> lining up for your viewing pleasure. You will. What uh, are my odds? You will miss that celestial event. Yeah, that's my guess. You got just no even though you've shot. already been forewarned, you're still not going to hit it. You got no shot. Right. Uh, here, Kelsey says, "Look to the west on Thursday night. That is the best night, but not the only one." All right. Oh, and I I have to clear up some things. I I, I do recall this. Uh, emailer Drew wrote, "I was listening to Friday's podcast and heard you discuss the zombie pub crawl. I wanted to remind you." that I called in last year at this time and reported that my brother-in-law met his now wife at the zombie pub crawl no. a few years back. Happy to report they're one and a half years happily into marriage. So while it may be the second to bottom rung, it does work. Thank you, Drew. Okay. I, I, that has come up. I remember that. Yes, that, that sounds vaguely familiar. And well, congratulations. They found love in the uh, bliss. zombie den. And then real quickly, mm. another example of a man human, mm -hmm. losing uh, sight of nature. Uh -uh. Uh, a woman called, this is from uh, Rick, uh, a woman called 911 on a whale watching tour because she thought the whales might tip the boat over. 
I'm loving the show, uh, oh. although I'm starting to fall behind due to the workload the Army is giving me. I will be listening to you guys while I'm deployed in Kuwait. Uh, keep up the good work. Respectfully, Rick. Good luck to you, Ricky. All right. Thank good you. Good luck to you, Ricky. Yeah. And then this is, uh, oh, this is David Jones who said, please give us the record low. More important when it's getting colder. All right. And we've apparently made a, a, a mistake between Furby and Furry. We How's that? Uh, we We announced... Well, here, uh, this is Greg writing. Joe, you have been confusing a Furby, which is a child's toy, with a furry, a crazy person who dresses up as an animal for illicit purposes. Oh. For the benefit of the gang and your viewers, I have provided an innocent photo of a Furby. I have been a listener for years and eagerly await phone calls coming to the podcast. So do we. We'll figure that out. Right. Uh, or furries are now the lowest rung on the dating ladder. They've they've, Fur- they've elevated furbies. zombie to the second. Furries, one. okay. Furry is a, a Furby is a child's toy. Yeah, we threw a B in there. It should have just been a double R. Huh? Furry is the are the knuckleheads who uh, dress up like goofballs. Hmm. You uh you kind of glossed over what I think is an important garage logic topic, sir. All right. Did you watch the video of the woman that that was freaked out by the whale under the boat? I did not, and I'll be glad to tell you why I didn't. Uh, finish your story. And then well, I, I saw it, I forget when it was, Thursday or Friday last week. Yeah, She know. is hysterically freaking, you You know what she did, right? I don't. Road safety? She called the police. Well, that's what I just read. <laughs> she called 911. Yeah, call 911. What I mean? Yeah. Why Wait. then did you go out on a whale watching trip? <laughs> she was afraid that the whales were going to tip the boat, huh? Right. The whole point of going out on a whale watching uh, trip is just, See the whales up close, but not from afar. You're out in the middle right. of the ocean. Right. What What's nine one one going to be able to do for oh, you? Oh, Reeves, it's almost over. Yeah, call the Coast Guard, send a chopper. We got no. uh, Helga. So you didn't see the video? No, no. I'm oh. going to explain to you now okay. why. Okay. All right. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but uh, I'm a real creature of my routine. For my life, personally, okay. it's been important to have this a very disciplined regimen on how I put shows together, for right. example. Right. right, Like like you thought Tiger Woods was doing when he was playing golf prior to his mishap. Right, right. So, Routine. Mishap. So, uh, I, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but so I struggle with change. Yep, yep. A- any, I've seen it. Any interruption of the routine uh, yes. tends, to, tends to shrivel me up, set yep. me back a little. Yeah. Okay, so we went off the air, and that was a big change. Big change. And we we went to podcast, and that was a big change. Big, a big, really big change. Great adjustment. Quite yes. a surprise. What is this? This is show number twenty four, yeah. and we've been getting it for the. We're, we're, we got into a groove. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm, I'm enjoying one. it. I that hope first hurdle was set pretty high, and we uh, we basically ran into it. We called it good after yeah. an hour after the first. One. Well, the first show sounded like somebody trying to take off in an airplane that was still under construction. Yeah, if you're a new podcast <laughs> listener, be sure to go back and listen to that one and say, these guys are really cooking Okay, now. okay, 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 okay. I got a lot of my mind. Yep. So so then I get settled into a new routine. Yes. That we got a little hovel down the hall yep. there, a computer, yep. a printer, and a there telephone, which is all I've ever yes. needed in my life. Minimalist. And, and now, uh, well, there's construction going on down there, uh, mm-hmm. to, which is wonderful. They're going to build a podcast studio. We're, yeah, in the, we're, we're, in, we're in the studio, by the way, where you always heard Garage Logic broadcast from. Correct. And we're in here because there's no one else using it right now, so we've been using it. In any event, a, a podcast studio is being built for us down the way. Mm-hmm. And so that meant uh, Friday was our last day to assemble in the hovel. 
And that and when I arrived today, I was to report to uh, literally another building on the Hubbard campus. Yeah, big time. And I couldn't get in mm-hmm. uh, because it's locked. And I had my uh, my uh, ID, and I kept uh, crazily looking for where I was supposed to put my ID outside. Card on. Yeah, outside of Conus, the main the main door right there. Oh my! There's God. no place to put. No. So then I walked around. You dummy. Well, there's no place to put your card. Right. Okay, then I walked around, went through <laughs> you the- You thought there was, so you looked for half an hour to find out where the uh, the electronic uh, chip is to place your your, your card. So the, and, and not finding it, because apparently it doesn't exist, I walked around, went through the credit union. Okay. And, and then I had to present my card to a door in that area. Yes, yes. And that worked. In the man trap, yes. And, and I, I got in- <laughs> Uh, and John, our computer guru, yep. uh, was in this room where we're we are we are where we are to work apparently for the next couple of weeks. Yes, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Computer, so printer, you got everything met. Computer and prayer, right. phone, boom, restroom not far, but the computer didn't work. John couldn't get it fired up, oh. Oh. and it was driving him crazy. I mean, internet or just it couldn't even start. He it. couldn't. He couldn't fire it up or get it to print or whatever. It's driving it, him crazy or driving you crazy? No, I was surprisingly not crazy. Really? I just, I just thought, well, really. Had you uh, was paint this picture for me? Was he working on the computer and you were sitting about maybe three feet back, kind of <laughs> slumped back in the chair, yes. watching him, but having absolutely no idea no, he, what he's doing? No, there were two computers in there. Oh. Uh, and he set me up with one that I could I could get it to work and oh. got the, got the okay. email. Of course, and he, all Johnny's that. a big genius. Uh, but nice. many 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 items, including the uh, the whale watching story, uh, they didn't uh, they wouldn't come up for me so I could see a video. That's the reason. And I, you know what? What I'm describing here, a first world problem. Yes. I, 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 I give you that. Yep. But your mayor your mayor was thrown off his feed. He wants to see the video of the whales. No, no. Your mayor your mayor needs his routine. Your mayor needs his daily routine. Yeah, now in two weeks from now, you're going to have to start a new routine. Now change again after two. I'll just get used to this, and then, hey, you're moving back. Friday's show, two weeks from now, will be, of course, flawless because you'll be in your comfort zone. Then you'll come in that Monday. We think. You'll be in the new place, and you'll have to, you'll be starting all over again. Well, we think. you know. But I, I'm sure that that, that computer is going to be working two weeks from now when you get back in. Why don't you— uh, uh, give us a little uh, respite here, uh, but not before I tell you about uh, Molar Jewelers. All right. Yeah, if it wasn't for RF Molar Jeweler, uh, we wouldn't have as much of a podcast as we do. And that's why when you go into any of the three RF Molar Jeweler stores, you tell them, "Hey, Molar, thanks for sponsoring Garage Logic. I'm a I'm a Garage Logic podcast listener, and you get 250 bucks off this month any watch of 500 dollars or more. And mark your calendars." Wednesday through Friday this week is the annual watch show at the Highland Park store in Ford and Cleveland. Mm. They will be centralizing all their watch inventory at the Highland Park store. And another special bonus for GL podcast listeners, a hundred bucks off when you have to take your Rolex in for a tune-up. Come on. I'm not kidding. Three reasons to visit RF Moeller Jeweler. They bringing you this podcast. You can save two hundred and fifty dollars on any watch, five hundred dollars or more, and a hundred bucks off any Rolex overhaul. It's at Ford and Cleveland in St. Paul, Fiftieth and France in Edina, Gavaday Common in Minneapolis, and we thank RF Moeller Jeweler, family owned for sixty seven years. And you don't just have to talk to Mark. You got Nancy over there. You got Jamie. You got, got Matt. You got Bobby. The whole crew is That's over right. there. That's right. Let's just uh, tell them the tell them the Rook sent you. 
No, you tell them you're a podcast listener. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. I have to stay with the climate in the wake of Hurricane Michael. And it's important, too, because I'm more convinced than I ever have that these dire warnings about we don't have much time left are, are really meant to, uh, to free the gates to an expanded form of government, uh, the likes of which we, we don't know yet. But I, I have a number of things I want to address, all right? Okay. Uh, uh, Chad writes, uh, missed the live show, but your program has evolved well with the podcast. Uh, now at least I can still pick up the whole show, even though I'm interrupted throughout the day. Uh, two real recorded examples from Mysterians and the rest of us to reflect on. Science has confirmed that 10,000 years ago, precisely where Minnesota's, where Minnesotans stand, eat, sleep, and play, there was a sheet of ice nearly a mile thick. There were no carbon-emitting factories, no Ford or Chevys around, and yet Mother, known to exhibit different temperature swings from time to time, decided to melt all of it. Consider the amount of heat, time, and energy needed to accomplish that, and still today the inhabitants of Earth live in remarkable comfort. Number two, on a recent trip to Switzerland, I had the good fortune to visit the mountain village of Verbier, located at the center of an enormous large bowl that has since been transformed into one of the premier ski resorts of Europe. It was summer, and we went on a hike, climbing to the upper elevations of the mountain. In the middle of one of the many trails, we came upon a historic educational sign chronicling the life of the tribes that inhabited the vast bowl in the mid to late 1500s. The sign informed us that even though fighting, raiding, and pilfering were known and apparently somewhat accepted practices, water streams and ponds were under treaty, and no one or clan was to interfere, poison, or otherwise mess with the supply as there had been a heat wave of nearly 50-plus years that had decimated the mountainside snow. Ooh. Mother will continue to show us many moods, some pleasant, some benign, and some, well, hang on to your hats, but this is the world we live on. Best, Chad and Woodbury. Thank you. And you remember my little CI girl, Hannah. Yes. God only knows she must be getting old now. Huh? Yeah, I think she's at, what, a third year at college? No, no, no. Oh. Uh, but her mom, Jessica, writes, I thought you'd enjoy this article about a man who built an amazing home in Mexico Beach in Florida. It was the only home left standing on his stretch of the beach. Not only was it left standing, but it was left in excellent shape. Kudos to the man who took responsibility for building a home that could withstand the big one when he decided to build on the ocean. Hannah says hi and listens to your podcast with me every day after school, often asking me to call in when she has an opinion to share. So what Jessica did was link me to a piece in the New York Times uh, about the one house on Mexico Beach that survived. I'm unfamiliar with this house. Okay, now I, I have to say something that I didn't say last week because you don't kick people when they're down right yes. and those those yeah. people of mexico beach are in they're hurting yes they need food they need water they need shelter it was a massive storm it looked to me it looked like what a town in iran would look like after a hurricane Jeez. and i thought to myself but didn't say it i'm questioning the building codes Okay. I mean, when you yeah, looked at, yeah, would have been too soon to say that last week. Well, yes. no, because I don't mean anyone right. any ill ill harm at all. But I'm thinking, I'm I'm just thinking these weren't crackerjack places. I mean, we've had a lot of hurricanes hit this country and didn't do any devastation like that. 
Well, one Ginger Z was, I saw one shot where the house across the street from her that was on the beach blew away the house. Well, this guy built a house that wouldn't blow away. Uh, Russell King and his nephew, Dr. LeBron Lackey. They documented every detail of the elevated construction from the 40-foot pilings buried into the ground to the types of screws drilled into the walls. They picked gleaming paints from a palette of shore colors, chose salt-tolerant species to plant in the beach dunes, and christened their creation the Sand Palace of Mexico Beach. They also show, uh, installed an outdoor security camera. Its video footage became the only view of their property as Hurricane Michael thundered ashore last week. The camera showed a horrifying tunnel of gray fury worsening by the hour as Dr. Lackey, a 54-year-old radiologist, stared helplessly for more than 400 miles away at the corner of his roof. I, I, it would buck like an airplane wing, he said from his residence in Cleveland, Tennessee. I kept expecting to see it tear off, but it didn't. When the New York Times published an analysis of aerial images showing a mile-long stretch of Mexico Beach where at least three-quarters of the buildings were damaged, Dr. Lackey saw his sand palace still standing, majestic amid the apocalyptic wreckage, the last surviving beachfront house on his block. We wanted to build it for the big one, he said. We just never knew we'd find the big one so fast. Wow. So he, he did what he had to do, right? I mean, Is it you, going to specifics or just, you said the piling, you know, the the... The foundation was very st- sturdy. Uh, Florida's building code put into effect in 02, 2002 is famously stringent when it comes to windstorm resistance for hopes for homes built along the hurricane-prone Atlantic shoreline. But it is less so for structures along the Panhandle, a region historically unaffected by storms as strong as the ones that have slammed into South Florida. Well, there was the one in 1882. Right. After Hurricane Andrew, a Category 5 ravaged Miami-Dade County in 1992, new construction in the southern portion of the state was required to withstand 175-mile-an-hour winds. In the coastal panhandle counties affected by Michael, the requirement is lower for 120 to 150-mile-an-hour winds. And the rules for certain kinds of reinforcement have applied to houses built more than a mile from shore only since 2007. Many of the residences and businesses rubbed out by Michael in Mexico Beach were far older. Rebuilding them to conform to the new code will be expensive and could price out some of the working class people who historically have flocked to Mexico Beach. Uh, We don't know what Lackey spent to fortify his home, but public records show it has been assessed for tax purposes at a value of 400 grand. Man, that seems like a bargain. 400,000? Their architect, Charles Gaskin, said that building a house the way they did roughly doubles the cost per square foot. Uh, I won't read you the whole thing, but I thought to myself, and again, I didn't want to say it last week, but I thought, this looks like Iran after a, after an earthquake. Yeah, the devastation was horrific. There, but this guy proved that with the correct building techniques, you'd survive that storm. Well, why? Okay, what what would be the uh, what would be advantageous for two houses down from the Mexico Beach sandcastle? Where Ray Wilkins built, why why would he cut corners? A price, maybe money cost. Yeah, okay. Uh, That's quite a roll of the dice if you're on the beach. Their house was fashioned from poured concrete, reinforced by steel cables and rebar, with additional concrete bolstering the corners of the house. The space under the roof was minimalized so that wind could not sneak in underneath and lift it off. The home's elevation on high pilings was meant to keep it above the surge of seawater that usually accompanies powerful hurricanes. Well, good for them. Yeah, the, that's only, I mean, that's 
He was smart. He respected nature. His relationship with nature, mm-hmm. uh, current, mm-hmm. active. Except I do have one one question. I, it's not really a question, an observation. He doesn't have much of a view now. I mean, he's, well, he's, he's surrounded by devastation. Right. Well, they're going to rebuild. Well, they should take it. They should steal a uh, a piece yeah. of his playbook. Well, but but it, that probably will be cost prohibitive for many of the people who found in Mexico Beach an affordable uh, oceanfront place where they could uh, right. they could if, live. If he's sturdy and sitting at four hundred thousand on the beach, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty amazing. But that's uh, that's a building code situation. Is what we learn from this. That these two guys, for some reason, uh, had the wherewithal—not only had the financial means, apparently, but had the uh, had the clairvoyance to think, you know, we're pretty damn close to the ocean here. Let's build something that that's going to stand. And we'll start with, well, we got to get it forty feet in the air, and then we got to uh, create it so it won't get knocked down in a wind, which is exactly what they did. Forty feet, though, is pretty high, isn't it? Did I say forty feet. Yeah. Yeah. High enough, I guess. Well, you know, maybe they got an elevator. I don't know. <laughs> Some stairs. You can put a staircase in. Well, congrats to him and his um yes. his um what? Not clairvoyance, but what would it be? His respect with nature, I guess. Yeah. He has not lost his relationship with nature. That's what I'm trying to say. We turn now to a local professor at the University of St. Thomas. Uh University of St. Thomas thermal sciences professor, John Abraham. He said victims of Hurricane Michael voted for climate deniers, reads the headline, an article by Abraham published in The Guardian Thursday. Elections have consequences. Denying science has consequences. And we're reaping what we sow. I, I, lear- I learned of his uh, remarks uh, just shortly before we started the podcast today. Okay. So I didn't have time to reach out to him. Okay. But I'm going to immediately after the show. Got it. I want to invite him on. The podcast as soon as tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Hurricane yeah. Michael slammed into the Florida Panhandle Wednesday, just below Category 5. The storm rapidly intensified as approached the coast, sparking evacuations. Uh, Michael is one of the strongest hurricanes to make U.S. landfall. Despite the lack of science to support uh, his case, Abraham blames Michael's intensity on man made global warming, leading to his subsequent claim that Southern voters brought this upon themselves by voting Republicans into office. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah. <clears throat> it is a wonder that a state like Florida, which will get pummeled by Michael, could vote for someone that denies climate change, Abraham wrote, pointing to Florida GOP politicians like Governor Rick Scott and Senator Marco Rubio. Abraham's argument is that unless Republican climate deniers are voted out of office, more hurricanes will bring more death and destruction to the southeastern, uh, southeastern U.S., which tends to vote GOP lawmakers into office. Okay. And he's, he's teaching you, you parents right now putting out the 60 grand a year, whatever St. Thomas is now. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he's teaching your kid. We got two of them over there. Why, why am I talking to the audience? I can look at you. Yeah, I know. Climate deniers will say this article is gleeful about a hurricane. It is not, the Minnesota professor claimed. First of all, this hurricane and all hurricanes that hit land can cause death and destruction. I pray that people heed warnings and get out of the way. I hope people stay safe. However, Abraham goes on to write that elections have consequences. And we as a society want to create a better world and reduce climate change. We have to vote for people who understand science, who believe in facts. 
there being no uh, science or fact uh, to most definitively say that Hurricane Michael was the direct cause of human behavior. Yeah, I don't buy that. Climate deniers are making these storms worse by stopping action on climate change. I'd l- I, we got to get them on. Well, if I, he- I want to ask him, what are you doing? Right. If he feels so strongly about it, I'm sure he'll want to come on. And, and, and spread the word. No? You don't think? We'll I, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. He said, what the hell do we expect to happen when the deniers are writing the laws? My God, does this fellow actually believe that... That's your second question. ...that a Democratic senator can stop a hurricane? Oh, we spent a lot, as we learned from Yeah, you got to throw Kerry. some money at it. That's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. The main problem with Abraham's argument is that there's no evidence that global warming is making hurricanes intense or frequent. The United Nations' latest climate report released uh, last week found there's little to no evidence global warming is making hurricanes more extreme or intense. Numerous studies towards and beyond AR5 have reported a decreasing trend in the global number of tropical cyclones. Okay. No, the Intergovernmental Panel in the UN is what's motivating the likes of uh, John Abraham, uh, who wants to uh, insist that uh, the storms we are experiencing are the direct result of human behavior, which is why, well, it's another question. I hope you'll come on because I— question three now. I asked rhetorically last week, what is the the logical conclusion you can reach if if you have people in the United States vulnerable enough to believe this latest warning, which is we have 12 years? This is about the fifth time we've been told we have 12 years. Keep moving the clock. Okay, okay. But what 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 is the logical conclusion to that? What what must happen? The mass of human beings on Earth right. will have to be governed in such a way to control their behavior. Which is what? Right? Isn't that? I mean, yeah. what's, yeah. Where, yeah. Just, where can you go? We're a free that? people. And yes, so and, we want to remain that way. But Mysterians don't want you to be a free person. And I, I'm without meeting him. I'm going to tell you right now. Abraham's obviously a Mysterian. Yes, I think so. But I will be in- if he comes on, I will be interested to learn uh, how he goes about his life. That's the question I'm, I'm asking from now on and everybody. There were yeah. letters to the editor today from people uh, saying, we must adhere to the UN findings. I, I just desperately want to say to them, well, what, how has your life changed? Right. What are you doing? Which, uh, which ones are you uh, choosing to follow as a euphoria, and then choosing not to follow because of convenience. Well, the other thing to bring up, I looked this up. This is from National Geographic. Would that be an acceptable source? Well, I hope so. I think even a Mysterian. They're pretty unbiased. They try to be. We, and as we learned last week, you've got a few of them saved. Yeah, I saved the good ones. No, I, I didn't save National Geographic. I was talking I, about Rook. I saved I got a couple good ones. Classic boating. <laughs> You want to know how they here. The strength of a tropical storm is calculated by two methods, maximum wind speed and barometric pressure readings. Barometers have been around since the 17th century, but they are still a reliable way to monitor the weather. Uh, air has weight, and when the weather is calm and skies are fair, it exerts about 14.7 pounds per square inch on the surface of the earth. When these conditions exist, a barometer at sea level will show a reading of around 1,013 millibars. Tropical cyclones alter this pressure and reduce the weight of the air. When this happens, a barometric pressure reading decreases. The lower a barometer reading, the more powerful the storm. 
the most powerful tropical cyclone on record as measured by barometric pressure was Typhoon Tip in the Western Pacific in 1979. Tip had a pressure of 870 millibars, down from that uh, 1,000 level I mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. And the most tropical uh, storms also produce the most powerful winds. Typhoon Tip's peak sustained winds were 190 miles an hour. But Tip's winds are not the strongest on record. That distinction belongs to Hurricane Patricia, which formed in the eastern Pacific off Guatemala in 2015, 872 millibars. Uh, because Atlantic hurricanes are more likely to strike populated areas, they are monitored more closely than storms in other basins. Hurricane Wilma, which formed off Jamaica in the Caribbean in 05, had a barometric pressure reading of 882. Uh, Hurricane Allen had the Atlantic's most powerful uh, recorded sustained winds uh, in 1980, 190 miles an hour. Whew. So here we go. The strongest Atlantic tropical storms on record. And I'll give you the millibars and the wind speed. Wilma in 05, uh, 882 millibars, 185 mile an hour winds. Uh, Gilbert in 1988, third ever Labor Day, 1935. 1935, 892 millibars, 185 mile an hour winds. Rita in 05, Allen in 80, Camille in 1969, Katrina 05, Mitch in 98, Dean in 07. Uh, Maria, 2017, Janet, 1955. Then you got Michael in 2018, Andrew in 92, David in 79, Anita in 77, Irma, Felix, Carla in 1961, Cuba, 1932. They've always been with us. Yep. And they always will be. And when we have a good number of years without a hurricane, we cannot accept being told that that's merely luck when the same people are clamoring all over Michael and politicizing it as much as possible to tell you that that's man-made. No, I would say it's bad luck if you lived on Mexico right, Beach. Right. If you lived on Mexico Beach. The end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Want to hear something good about Trump? Yep. And I'm terribly pleased that he's done this. What has he done? While everyone was distracted by Kanye West spouting inanities at the in the Oval Office, and he, he was, he was just spouting gibberish. Yeah, it was, uh, okay. You know, you, you before you go on, you should uh, relay the tweet that you had me put out there. On that, when you, after you had watched the video, because I thought it was a great line. I, I can't remember what I wrote. You said the 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 crowd assembled to watch Kanye. Looks oh yeah, <laughs> they looked like they were witnessing a Martian who had just entered the <laughs> office. They had no idea what he was talking about. And it was that uncomfortable. Like, what is he? What is and he? at one point, he showed a picture on his phone of a hydrogen-powered airplane and told Trump he's got to be the freshest and the flyest. Hey, fresh and fly. Mm -hmm. Let's get back to something good. Okay. Well, everyone was distracted, but all I wanted from Kanye was to take his damn hat off indoors, put on a suit, yeah. and not drop the F-bomb in the Oval Office. I Is that agree. asking too much? Uh, that's not asking too much, especially the latter. That that really. You know, and recall, uh, everybody's, uh, 
recall the Obamas um, on more than one occasion had uh, rappers visit the White House, even rappers who sung of misogynistic ways and violence. Yes. So it's nothing new to have a guy like Kanye West at the White House. Right. While everyone was distracted by Kanye West spouting inanities in the Oval Office, some actual work was done in the White House. Two senators showed up for the signing of a bill that garnered unanimous support in Congress to clean up plastic pollution in the oceans. I'm, I'm all for it. Okay. Uh, how can you argue with that? Our seas are littered with plastic from tiny fragments entering the Arctic uh, to the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Much of it comes from Southeast Asia, where plastic use is outstripping waste management policies. The U.S. and other developed countries also outsource their plastic waste to countries like Vietnam for recycling. China, the biggest plastic recycler in the world, put a moratorium on importing plastics in 2017. It's against this backdrop that the president signed the Save Our Seas Act into law. The legislation reauthorizes the National Ocean and Atmospheric Administration's program for cleaning up marine debris and gives the agency the leeway to declare a severe marine debris event, like the one that occurred in the wake of Sandy. Those types of events require a coordinated cleanup. It also offers a vehicle for the executive branch to engage with other countries to get to the bottom of the plastic pollution problem. Okay. Here, 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 here. Harumph! How, Harumph. Do you, how do you argue with that? That's, that's a step in the right direction. In an unusual occurrence in this, area, in this era of everything going to hell, the bipartisan support meant that Democrat Senator Sheldon Whitehouse was in the Oval Office for the signing. Trump shook his hand, though White House didn't look exactly thrilled to be shaking the hand of a man hell-bent on speeding along our climate doom. Uh, this is written from a site called Gizmodo, so I guess they're on board with the mystery. And only the likes of Sheldon Whitehouse will save us because he's a Democrat. Mm -hmm. If you vote for Republicans, boom. see, it's over. Boom. It's a boom. <laughs> Uh, even though White House didn't look exactly thrilled to sh be shaking the hand of a man hell-bent on speeding along our climate doom, something which White House is actively trying to stop. He's going to go down to the beach and put his hand up. Boom. Stop not it. wanted. <laughs> and in a not unusual occurrence, Donald Trump shared some freeform thoughts on our tremendously big plastic pollution program. Uh, the big news is that plastic fl uh, floats toward us. I've seen pictures recently, and some of you have seen them, where there's a vast, tremendous, unthinkable amount of garbage uh, is floating right into our coast, in particular along the West Coast. Every year, over 8 million tons of garbage is dumped into our beautiful oceans. And when you think of that number, I mean to think 8 million tons, and I would say it's probably senators. I think it's probably more than that, based on what I've seen and based on the kind of work that I've been seeing done. I don't know what the president just meant there, but I think what's important uh, for even the euphorians and people in Liberal Lakes and Diversityville to understand is that Trump's on board for cleaning the plastic up. Uh, good start. Uh, uh, that's How do you argue with that? Let's go. Uh, there is indeed an unthinkable amount of garbage in our seas, poisoning wildlife and ourselves. Whatever pictures they showed Trump seem to have gotten the point across. Uh, and then this story, obviously, I don't know much about. What's Gizmodo, Reeves? Uh, I'll get the official... It's a website, but yeah. obviously they're mysterious because they conclude this story by saying, now if only someone could it's show him the drawing of the new U.N. climate report to convey the existential threat of global warming. So they buy it. It's buy a me. design, technology, science, and science fiction website that also features articles on politics. Okay. It's not a place I go to. No, I don't either. And obviously they're uh, remarkably left-leaning. Oh, heavens yes. And they are, they are uh, 
they have a much appeal to the millennial generation. Well, and here, here, and some of the stuff that they actually come out, some of the articles as it relates to technology are actually kind of interesting. Yeah. But it's so, it's so one sided, and they don't even try to hide the fact that they're left leaning. No, and they can't, uh, they can't be satisfied that Trump is uh, obviously on board with his bipartisan bill. Uh, to increase the role of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association, I don't know how that will be done, by the way, to help uh, clean up the oceans. They can't. They can't celebrate that. They've got to take him apart in, in the same story. Why can't they? By just pointing be out happy? that you know, by pointing out that Sheldon Whitehouse is there, and and it was all Mr. Poor Sheldon could do to shake this creep's hand, and then they end by saying, "Well, somebody please show him the UN climate report." B as in B, S as in S. You know why the plastic thing is is uh, is telling? Mm. You can see it. You, you can, can see if there's a pile. You there. can touch it. You can measure it. You can weigh it. You can you can attempt to mitigate it. You can attempt to move it. Can you do that with a cloud? Can't. Can you do that with wind? I can tell you what the barometric pressure is, mm-hmm. but I can't weigh wind. I can't hold it. I can't we stop keep, it. Because, again, what what the likes of this John Abraham at, at St. Thomas are asking us is to believe what our own eyes can't see. And I, I don't believe it. I believe the climate changes. Yes. Never denied that. Right. Big difference. As an earlier email pointed out, it sure as hell changed 10,000 years ago. Right. If it didn't, we'd, we wouldn't be here. Right. The climate has always changed. And always will. But it snowed yesterday in October. I know. I'm not sure Is what it I'm supposed to. I don't know if that was supposed to happen, or, uh, or were we alarmed, or or did the likes of the John Abrahams in the world did they go out and jump up and down and stick their tongue out and catch snowflakes and they were just happy, 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 <laughs> huh? All I wanted to do yesterday was play golf. That wasn't happening. That wasn't happening. No. I don't know what the temperature was supposed to be yesterday. I don't know what it's supposed to be today. What is the temperature today, anyway? Uh, right now, I got it. Well, it's always important for a podcast to give the temperature. Well, it is. It's uh, <laughs> here. I got it on my Cupertino phone. Cupertino, thirty-seven. I got thirty-seven. Okay. We might be a little light on the podcast at the end of this week, boys. <laughs> He's looking pretty good for Thursday no, and Friday. No, 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 and that, and that could be that could be the end of it, by the way. That no. Could be the end? Well, oh well, yeah, you're right. It's mm-hmm. we're getting to the later stages of October. May Treason. we talk about the uh, local attorney general's race when we come back? Jeez, uh, I got a lot. I've got, uh, uh, I've got, I've got. Oh yeah, I, I got a. There's a transgender guy who uh, identifies as a dog. I saw that. Yeah, and he and he it, it's helped. I and mean, he's married to a guy, and it's he. Uh, I guess. So his husband throws tennis balls, and he chases him around on the floor. I bet he does. And, and it's uh, every day. <laughs> really, he said it's really helped their marriage. I bet. I'm gonna have to try that.